you know, patients, there's so much, you know, information out there. The problem is you don't know where you're getting it from. But if you dig a little bit and you know what the questions that you would like to ask, you'll get the answers. Hey, guys, check out the 2023 Street Cop Conference, April 23rd through the 28th, Gaylord Convention Center. It's going to be the event of the year. Keynote speakers include Rob O'Neill, the guy who killed bin Laden, Kyle Carpenter, the youngest living Medal of Honor recipient, Navy SEAL Jason Redmond, Fox News host Tommy Lahren, Marine Corps Special Forces and Leadership Coach Cody Alford, Sheriff Wayne Ivey, Sheriff David Clark, and Sheriff Mark Lamb. It's going to be one hell of an event. And on top of that, we have all of our instructors and additional instructors from other companies going to be at the event, giving you everything they know for you to have a successful career and get the results you want to get in the field as a police officer. On top of attending the event, you'll get face-to-face time with every instructor attending the event, and all the keynote speakers will spend time with you. we got special events all week, giveaways, nightlife. It's going to be really, really worth your time, energy, and effort. I promise you, you will not regret it for a second. To register for the conference, check out streetcop.com, click conference, and everything you need will be there on the homepage. If you are looking for a room, just click book a room. The block has been sold out at the Gaylord Opryland Convention Center. But there are many hotels nearby within a walking distance of the event. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity. We will see you there. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. Your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benito. And we have with us today a guy I met at an event not too long ago, and I invited him onto the podcast. I think he's going to bring a lot of value. We're going to talk today about physical and mental wear and tear and care. But uh, appreciate you coming down to the in-person studio. Thanks for having here me. at Street Cop Training. Yeah, Doctor Carmen Romano. So, Doc, tell us about uh, who you are, what you do, and some of your history and how you correlate to Street Cop Training shit. Uh, long history of uh, being an athlete, you know, through high school, college, and a little bit minors. Um, father was a professional boxing trainer, so I didn't have much of a choice there. Uh, accumulated some injury there, and um, as I made my way through school, I realized that, you know, if I wasn't going to continue on being an athlete, I wanted to treat them. So, by trade, I am a sports chiro, um, but my years uh, of experience now has kind of, I've dove into more of the more research into the mental and physical chemistry of healing um, and recovery. Because it, it seemed to be a common denominator over the years where the, it wasn't just a breakdown of a shoulder or a breakdown of a back. It was like breakdown of mental and physical. So I'd say over the last few years, most of our research and treatment is, is, is geared not just at looking at a shoulder or low back, but making sure you have the chemistry to heal as well. And you now run a facility where you guys are treating significant amount of law enforcement and first responders, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell us about that a little bit. Tell me what, walk us through the process of what that looks um, like. So, I, I, it, again, I, you know, you can kind of bunch up some of the cultures and, um, you know, law enforcement in particular, the, the grind, I don't think the, um, I don't think the mental grind is supposed to be talked about. You know, that's what you got and that's why you got on the job and that's what you're supposed to deal with and, and manage. But I think the mental grind can create some wear and tear chemically which then in your body can create some wear and tear physically. Um, so the minute something goes physically, whether it be a knee or a low back or a shoulder, whether it be from working out or on the job, that's the first thing they attack, right? Um, would be the low back or the shoulder or the knee. And we try to dive in a little bit further, almost like that concierge dive in to make sure that you have the right tools to even heal. So I show up for an appointment there. Walk me through what it looks like. What's the process? 
depending on why you're there, I mean, we try to go over some goals. If, if you're there just more for a wellness visit, I call it more of a well practice. And that's what we're trying to develop um, multiple versions of because there is a way, a way to have a well practice and have a patient engaged in the practice. Typically, an internal medicine practice, you might visit four times a year, like once for a physical and, and three times for a sick visit. The goal is to um, try to get patients to look at uh, the right practice as more of a, a well visit, staying well, prevention. What does that look like, a well visit? Let's start with that one. Kind of a deep dive into maybe some of the goals you might have, past injuries, depending on the age bracket. Um, male or female, you might do some blood work, look for some key markers in chemistry for mental health and, you know, again, physical chemistry. Men in particular, you see, you know, the, even the studies that are shown now, the average 22-year-old, I think it's 30 to 40 percent less testosterone than a 22-year-old 30 years ago. Because they're not physical. Not They haven't really came to a conclusion as to why, but it's there. Um, and, you know, some of the things that help us not only heal, but um, mental drive, uh, you know, energy, just overall drive uh, has to do with our chemistry. So a lot of the, the self-help books and self-help podcasts that are out there that are great, including yours, um, sometimes can't quite get someone to the, where they want to be because they just don't have the stuff. They don't have that, that you know, the, their chemistry is dropping, whether it be amino acid, um, testosterone. There, I mean, there's, you know, loads of things that, uh, that can cause your mental and physical well-being to drop. Um, and there's also loads of things that you could do through nutrition and supplementation that can help bring you back to those levels to help you at least mentally start to even want to get there. Yeah, it's interesting as you're talking, I'm hearing diet and exercise, mm -hmm. right? It's probably the most key components of how you're going to live a life and what your life's going to look like. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Oddly enough, this year has been a little bit of a difficult year for me because I have caught the stomach bug three times in six weeks. Um, I rolled a side-by-side -side onto my arm in a, in a small curve. That took me out of the gym for about four and a half weeks. So literally this morning I was like, Yo, like, what the fuck, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, this has been a crazy year where I've been able to do, and on top of, like, not being able to do those physical things in the gym, and I started getting back into them, then I caught the stomach bug. Then once that cleared up, same thing happened again. But then the stomach bug was also messing up my diet tremendously. Right. So it was just very interesting, the first two months of 2023, albeit a great year thus far. But physically and diet-wise, I have been completely off my mark, and I'm telling you, no bullshit. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, January 1, I'm going to start. I probably started December 28, and I was like, yeah, you know, tomorrow I'm going to fucking start because yeah. we have the holidays and shit. And I wasn't getting – actually, I wasn't super crazy during the holidays. And so I was like, yep, two, twice a day, diet's going to be strict, blah, blah, blah. So I was in like day three, and I was pretty strict as it was when I had the fucking – when I rolled the side-by-side -side over. And uh, I was like, man, I'm on fucking roll. By the time mm -hmm. the conference rolls around, I'm going to be like shredded fucking wheat, right? And then I get the arm injury. I'm like, I, I swear to God, as soon as that thing rolled onto my arm, and I thought my arm was broken, I was like, I fucking broke my arm. Right. Like, could you fucking imagine? Like, here I am, literally clear as day. I'm, I'm on the path, maybe even a week at that, at that point. And I'm like, fuck, dude, now I got to deal with a broken arm. This is going to fuck. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, literally in the woods, getting ready to flip this thing back over. Thinking about the gym. Thinking about, man, doing a lot of fucking legs and fucking cardio mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, core. There's going to be nothing with this arm. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> it hurts so bad. I'm not trying to sound like a bitch, right? So I didn't break it, but it was bad. I have pictures of it. Well, soft tissue can be worse sometimes. 
Well, I'll show you pictures when we're uh, when we're done, and um, you can take a look at what you think happened there. They were actually really concerned yeah. at the emergency room. Doctors like, look, I don't know how this thing's not broken. And I was like, that's because I'm fucking stuck. Shred, fucking <laughs> muscular man. Even tr- even the pain radiating from that thing, I wasn't able to work out at all. It was fucking me up. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't sleep for like a week. It was brutal. So if we talk about a first visit. And you were in my office for a first visit, and you said, look, I don't know what happened. You know, I got, say you were in for your arm. But the history was I was nailed with the stomach bug three times. I'm not quite sure. You know, what, I would dive into your immune system, you know, vitamin IV therapy, like really try to get your system. Something's not right immune-wise for you to be, you know, coming down with the same thing, if not a different stomach bug, three times. Because the deep dive on you not only would be um, taking, making, uh, obviously seeing what the arm may need, but where the visits may lead to is figuring out, okay, what's going on with your immune system? Like, you know, why are you, why are you catching these bugs and what could you be missing and what could we replace to get you a little bit healthier and ready for the rest of the year and, you know, and kicking ass? You know, it's crazy. I haven't been this sick my entire life. And out of nowhere, it just started to happen. But my kids brought it home from school. That's the first one. Mass came off <clears throat> this year? Mass came off. Oh, uh, I've had kids. COVID three times. Second one whooped my booty, but yeah. it didn't kill me. Uh, last one wasn't terrible. Right. So I, I think I have a pretty good immune system. I haven't, I mean, we get, uh, just did a thing where we're getting a new insurance policy here, and they're like, oh, when's your last doctor's visit? I'm like, I don't even know. Right. Who's your primary care physician? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, you want to talk Urgent care if I'm dying, right. And I haven't been there. Like, I haven't gone there. I mean, the last, like, when's your last checkup? I'm like, the last time you guys sold me an insurance policy. Right. Like, that was it. That's when I get my checkups. The blood work comes back. It's all fucking comes back really good. Yeah. I just have high cholesterol that I typically see. I just did the uh, uh, the Captain Buscio test. You ever hear those? Yeah, yeah. So I just did that one over the summer. The guy called me. He's like, your testosterone's great. And, of course, he's breaking my balls about my cholesterol level. And I said, you know, he goes, what's your diet like? You know, at that time, I was like, I'm foregoing carbs completely. I'm on like a high fatty diet. And he's like, well, what kind of fats do you eat? I'm like, he's like, you eating a lot of eggs? I'm like, yeah. I eat like six, half dozen eggs a day. And red meat. Red meat, like yeah. fatty red meats, or not lean red mites. Yeah, like a carnivore diet. And yeah. He's like, you know, you got to really start looking at this and changing up your diet a little bit. And I'm like, but I feel great, dude. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, introduce more salmon. But I get higher quality meats and fishes shipped to my house through a company that if you looked into it, you'd figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be, like I'm eating wild caught salmon now. Yeah. Right? I'm trying to do like two fillets of those. Yeah, you're trying to wash your mercury and, and yeah, all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's, I'm, I'm putting. Thought I agree into with it. that diet though. I mean, I, again, I, I tell you, I've, I've seen frozen shoulder go away within three weeks just from the carnivore diet. I feel great. Like inflammation that's caused by carbs, and you know, um, carbs fuck me my up. My descent is Italian. Yeah. So it's very hard for me to stay away from, and and it's not like I I tend to unless I feel like I need to. But it's something pretty special when you're able to take someone with an injury or someone that carbs also cause sugars cause anxiety. So if I if I'm dealing with a patient's history that seems to have multiple sites of inflammation and my knees are bothering me, my shoulders bother me, and they kind of dive in a little bit, tweaking a couple of things with nutrition, whether it be carnivore diet or like intermittent fasting and a carnivore type diet. That's what I'm doing. A little bit of high cholesterol. I'm not sure the jury's out on that of whether or not it's bad. And it's not like a lot. It's like literally over the little line right there. I still don't know if they know exactly where arteriosclerosis comes from. Right. Like, I mean, we know what it is, and we know that things can kind of 
bind up within your arteries and cause blockages and high blood pressure and all that. But there's also something to be said about the cadence of testosterone and cholesterol, because they are almost one in the same if you look up how they're made. Um, I would have to agree with your diet based on how you're doing, how you're feeling, and what your quality of life is. So it's, it's also another thing I think we miss is I don't think everyone needs to be put in a box. Right. Where, it, you know, if you're really paying attention to a patient, how well they're doing, whether it be with their workout, with their um, mental health, with the gym, with their relationships, there's not, you don't need to put them in your box now to, to see a result. It's kind of tweaking their lifestyle towards their lifestyle and around what they do rather than, oh, you need to meal prep and you got to eat just protein and just brown rice and you're not going to get results with that. It's, it's, first of all, it's not rational to stay on something like that. Um, you get better results of getting to know the patient and figuring out what it is that might kind of get them cooking going to change courses for a second but you said relationships that's something you ask people when they uh come in for a yeah for i mean evaluation? that plus i think historically um trust is built when you see a patient over time <laughs> so they tend to you know especially if you're kind of regular and i like to consider myself somewhat regular where i'm open and i talk and they talk and your patients kind of give up what's happening sometimes i could tell i'd look at a patient like, what's going on with you today you know you're off yeah and they say ah, it's funny you ask and then they might give up a little information and I don't really ask for more than what they're looking to give up, but it definitely comes up. And then again, that seems to coincide with what they're feeling. Mm. So a relationship, a career, um, their their not lack of recovery from the gym. Um, it's it all kind of starts meshing, and that's where this started years ago. I was like, these all kind of match. So it's not just a low back and a shoulder, or it's not just someone that seems like they're a little depressed and fatigued. It's like a little bit of everything. Ooh. And then there's always a couple of common denominators. What's going on with them blood work wise? Like if you dive in a little bit, you see some of the things that are missing. You start to implement different nutrition and diet plans and maybe adding some weights to their workout rather than just cycling or running. Like I believe in, in lifting is, is key. Um, and you get, you get, I think I've, I've gotten this confident with the way we do things based off of the patient's response. Right. I know we're doing the right thing based off of patients saying to me, I tell you what, I, I feel great. I'm doing great. Something's different. Their career path has changed. Their relationship has changed. Their body has changed. Like then you're getting results. Yeah. And you got to have that drive and that commitment and that discipline to say, all right, I'm staring at this road. It's a long one, but I can see over that hill. I can see where it ends. I'm going to start jogging right now. And I don't mean that literally. I mean, you're going to start doing the work and getting there. Right. And I got to tell you, before you know it, time goes quick and you're there and you're thankful that you're there. But relationships is interesting because, you know, I, as weird as it sounds, have a lot of theories on, in life in general, but also relationships. And for some odd reason, I think through my experiences in my life, I am able to give really good advice at 41 on relationships mm -hmm. because I'm a very binary and some people say polarizing person, but mm -hmm. binary. I see things for what they are. Mm -hmm. um, I can almost look at a relationship and let you know what's going on in that relationship. Whether they want to hear it or not. Well, and that's the problem. People mm -hmm. don't want to face, people don't like the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's a 900 hour conversation. Yeah. But facts don't have feelings, that type of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, people are not realizing how important relationships are to your mental health. And I'll even start with one of those relationships is your 
intimate relationship with a partner, whether mm-hmm. it's a guy or a girl or same sex, whatever it may be, I really believe that if you're in a bad relationship, it correlates tremendously to the rest of your life and your physical well-being. So when people are so impatient and they want to be with somebody so bad that they allow their desire for companionship to supersede their brains on knowing whether this is right or wrong, right. they don't realize in the long run you're paying some big – so it's you know, short-term pain, long-term results, right. and vice versa. Right. You want short-term results, you're going to have long-term pain. Yeah. So being in these bad relationships, uh, I got to tell you, they will, they will literally ruin your life. People don't understand that, and then they're in it. And I watch it, man. I watch it with people, and I just try to think in my head, these are some smart folks in these bad relationships. How are they what – what's going on in their brain? What's missing? When they have their friends telling them, we don't think it's a good idea. Right. He's not good for well, you. She's not good for you. trying to handle a short-term need. That's what that, I'm saying. Right. It's these short-term goals. And it takes a lot of discipline to look at a relationship and say, you know what? This one's not serving me that well. I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. And employ the discipline of ripping the Band-Aid off early right. to leave yourself at a very minimum available to find the one you're supposed to be with. But how about this? That one you're supposed to be with is not just some romantic idea. There's really a lot of people out there that we're all compatible with. You just got to spend the time going through all of it. But also, you're doing something for yourself, your long-term mental health, your long-term physical health. So it's interesting how you said that it all correlates to how we feel and how we perform as human beings. Right. So I'm a high performer, right? It's important for me to be in good relationships. Or uh, being, able to, being able to be in a relationship by yourself and not have to yes. have to maybe work on a little bit of uh, what you need to work on to, to, be the, to be the best version you can offer someone else. But there's also the flip side, which is I can't seem to find anyone or you know, I can't seem to find the right person for me. And that conversation comes up a lot of times where it's like, hey, but what are you putting out there? Like, have you bettered yourself? Have you, are you getting smarter? Are you reading? Are you, are you learning? Are you working out? Like, what are you, what are you get? What are you offering? Basically, what are you offering? Is it really all everyone else? Or is it that you're not in the right state to be offering what you should be offering um, to find the one that you want? Or, or what do you, what do you look like? You just said, what are you looking for? You looking for the immediate need? Or are you looking for that long, to, like gym gains? Like, do you want to, if you want gym gains, steroids. Or you got to put the time in. Like, you're not. Let's talk about steroids. Let's just flip it up, right? Short term metrics, long term pain. Yep. You want that quick result? I'm 41. I have friends. I never touch stuff in my life. I'll take a fucking polygraph right now. Uh, I have friends that are in their mid 30s that are like, dude, I got heart problems. I'm getting breast reduction surgeries and the, and the, you know, the removal. I don't know. And mental. Called. It really, really affects mental chemistry, the overuse. And these guys think these two or three years of abuse and that I hooked up with three nines over the summer because they're just as superficial as I am, which is fine because if you actually understand it, we're all superficial at some level. Mm-hmm. You just are. We're making assessments when you look at somebody and saying, does this person meet the criteria? It's a superficial right. thing. So to rank know, order, you rank order everything. Of course. I mean, I'm superficial. You're superficial. I'm superficial. I look at things and I say to myself, is this something that I'd be proud of to be with? That's how I am. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, that's kind of shallow to say something like that. I said, well, the problem is if I don't assess who I am and what I need in a relationship as a partner uh, in in some kind of intimate relationship, I'm going not going to be engaged 100%. When I look at somebody, I say, is this person going to be the person that I could see myself with long term if I'm going to consider – this anything more than a hookup. So, you know, but 
yeah, like it's 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 no difference than than that. Man, I feel I look awesome for two or three summers. Right. Then what happens? Twelve, fourteen. You've traded your whole life in your your physical discomfort for a quick turnaround. It's the same shit. I'll give you something interesting. When you say, "What are you working towards? What's your goals?" I've often said that if I write a autobiography, it's going to be called Willing. Your boy here is willing to do whatever it takes to achieve the goals that I seek. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a sense of I'm going to be sneaky, conniving, manipulative. I would never do. And that's why I'm here with the trust that I have. You're never going to find a story about me being sneaky, manipulative. You're willing to do whatever you need to get through. Yes, that's right. To get there. So I will put the work in. I will do the uncomfortable shit nonstop. The reason I started working out, no bullshit, when I was 18, is because I wanted to hook up with hotter chicks. And I got to tell you. Here's a newsflash. It worked. My girlfriend at the time, I mean, I stepped my game up, put like 35 pounds on in a year, and the next girlfriend I had blew her out of the water. And that girl was like all jealous about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, look at this thing. Like, you don't want to do nothing, but I'm, I'm not trying to hang out in this area. Right. I want to date hot chicks. Right. And it worked. So when you talk about who are you trying to attract, well, I'd like a more attractive person. Yeah, I see some of these guys that I know personally who it's amazing how they'll be very, very overweight. And then they have that epiphany, and they do the work, and they'll drop 150, 200 pounds. And then miraculously, they find somebody. Could you imagine? And then they're in love and happy. And, dude, I couldn't be happier for these people. I know. And their career changes. And their confidence changes. changes. There's so many things that go with it. And who are we to judge, right? Because you don't know what they're dealing with mentally, right? We can't sit here and cast judgment. We do. We don't have a choice. We always do it. And maybe I judge it for some reasons that are personal to me, but – you know, it's it's interesting if you'd hear why somebody had an appearance like that or felt the way they did or had lack of motivation or they were dealing with stuff. So it's good that you're looking into these things. But, man, showing up and assessing somebody like that with no judgment is great. Now, if you're one of those people who says, well, you see, I've got a pass. I don't have to do those things because I had this happen to me. That's actually not the truth. You can't just yeah, make that excuse. And I got to tell you, that's one yeah. of the things we make sure of. You run out of excuses with me. Sure, you run out of excuses all the time. we've all been through a lot. People do it here. Um, when people first start working here, they'll start saying, yeah, but, yeah, but. And I go, it's, no, it's, you can't, you can't bullshit me. No. Let's get down to the core of what you're trying to say here. What is your excuse? And how do you learn to extinguish this? And do you really things? want it? Like, how bad do you really want yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Just say you don't want it. I've had people say, like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. I'm like, okay, then don't say you want it. I have more respect for that. And you know what? Uh, one of the probably biggest pivotal moments in my life was when I learned how to identify excuses and mm-hmm. extinguish them. And you'll hear me in conversations and we have office meetings and I'm like, this is not an excuse. This is an explanation. Because you'll never hear me say, yeah, but I fucking hate those two mm-hmm. words. When I hear yeah, but that makes me insane. I'll acknowledge when I fall off. I'll tell you, like, yeah, I fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I ate fucking two donuts last night. You know what I'm saying? I was fucking thinking about them. I saw them. I stopped there and ate it. And this morning, I regret the fuck out of it. The good news is, you just start again at any time. Well, the fact, I think what brings you back on track is the fact you acknowledge you did it. And that's what a lot of people seem to not be able to do is even say that I fucked up. If you say that and you remind yourself of where where you're at when you do screw up, you know, things change. You, you can you can create, as you start to get tempted in that arena, you start to notice it a little bit more. But if you're not even willing to acknowledge you did it, then how are you going to get anywhere better? And I think that people just need perspective 
They got to train their brain, get more mature, educated, intelligent, and then acknowledge some of this stuff. Because I think we're all a product of our social upbringing and environments. Mm -hmm. And so if you're around excuse makers and bitchers and moaners and complainers, and I got to tell you, speaking to a little bit of earlier our conversation, I cut negative people out of my life so fucking fast. I don't talk to half my family. I'm not kidding you. I know. And I got to tell you. That's a really good point, though, who you surround yourself with. Oh, and, it's a and, big one. You know, how to tell your true friends and, and, and toxic relationships. And, and guess what? When you find those people and you're thankful that you have them and they're not toxic, they're thankful that they have you and you're not toxic. Yes, that's true. And it's a wonderful, harmonious place to be. And those people who are toxic kind of look at you like, oh, who do they think they are? Right. Uh, you can think whatever you want. That's why we're not hanging out with people like you because you exude toxic traits. It's probably a lot of the reason why people are attracted to our organization. Right. We never display that shit. Right. You know, because we're not like that. Um, is there probably a little bit here and there? Sure. As a matter of fact, if you came into this working environment here at Street Cop Training with our 16 full-time employees right now and growing, and you were toxic, you will be so obvious that you won't make it here more than about two weeks before everybody in this office has turned their back on you, right. and you're just going to walk the fuck out of right. anyway. You're uncomfortable and you leave. You, you can't. And we actually are going through a process now for three weeks trying to find hires. We just talked about this before we started. And you know, I said to the girls who I'm hiring, you know, we had the girls in the office who were talking. I'm like, we need bros. And I don't mean that as far as guy or girl. We need people that, one, the first thing we got to look at is are they going to fit in this place? Right. Personality first for me. When we get on a Zoom call with these people, are they jiving with us? Are we laughing? Are we having a good time? Right. We can teach people shit, right? So we're looking for the first, the personality, the trust. They trust that they're not going to come in and disrupt the flow in here with what their kind of fucking negative bullshit, right? right? The vibe. And then the second one is intelligence level. Because then we can teach skills. Right. If you've got those two things, we're hiring you. But unfortunately... You know, you run a company. Hey, yes. That's one of the first questions I ask. You know, again, it's more personality based. Most of the people I, um, you know, interview have been to school and have learned a trade, we'll call it. But are you willing to learn and are you willing to teach? Teach are two important things in practice or in, in a business like yours. You know, it's um, if you're willing to learn, that means you're not a know it all. And if you're willing to teach, that means you're humble enough to at least give up some of your life lessons and what you've learned along the way. Yeah. Um, Dude, special people are special people. It takes me a long time to get where we got right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I pray that it doesn't get disturbed and everybody in here remains happy and expresses their interests that they want to do or any dislikes they have here or any kind of whatever it is. I just want to be open with me so I can ensure that we don't have an imbalance of chemistry in this place. Mm -hmm. We want to keep the vibe the way it is. Do you see a mental shift in people um – Coming out of COVID, do you see a mental shift in like either your company or who you're interviewing as far as um, just kind of anxiety of the way things seem to be right now? I think that, and I could be wrong about this, but I think bums are bums and winners are winners. Mm -hmm. And I think that unfortunately, most people are not the type of people who enjoy work. Right. I just believe that. Um, and it's like when cops say, well, these millennials, these millennials, they don't want to do any work. They don't want to do any work. Well, we've got a lot bigger of an issue than millennials in law enforcement. But I try to remind these guys, like, look, I got a job almost 22 years ago. Um, there were plenty of lazy fucks then, too. Sure. People just don't understand that. They think that, like, because, especially when you're a, a high achiever and as a law enforcement officer or whatever profession you're in and you're, you're a go-getter and 
it's hard to understand and stop for a second and say, why am I so motivated, so energetic, enjoy this so much, love work, and then these other people, I look at them as like they're just bums. Right, just existing. They don't want to do nothing. Right. They don't. That's where their comfort level is. This morning, Kenny Williams, one of our instructors, said, uh, I said this, I, you know, he's like, I can't believe you've been sick three times, dude. It's crazy. He goes, maybe you're like overworking yourself. I said, can I sleep seven and a half to eight hours a night? And you know, because you're a hard charger too, that this is my normal. Mm-hmm. As most people look at people like me and say, how do you do? People say to me in class all the time, like, oh, you are human. Oh, you actually, somebody we see you at the dinner, like, oh, you actually stop and eat dinner once in a while? I'm like, right. sometimes. But this is my fucking favorite thing to do. Right. If I wake up and have a bummy day, I feel like shit. Like a day that people look forward to, like tomorrow I'm going to get like a 12-pack of white claws and like binge watch Netflix. <laughs> you might as well tell me you're going to take needles, hold me down, and drag them into my, drive into my fucking eyeballs. Because for a guy like me, that is a nightmare. I don't want to relax. You like to I, produce. I feel the best. Mm-hmm. It's not even – yeah, I just like to be productive. Yeah. Even if I had nothing to do, which is not even close to ever being a real thing in my life ever again, dude, I would fucking uh, clean my garage to do right. something. Just to right. say, oh, wow, look at this I thing did, I achieved right. today. When I worked as a kid, I was working two full-time jobs when I graduated high school, 80 hours a week. No bullshit. On my lunch breaks from the pizza, one of the pizzerias I was working at, I would clean people's cars for free just to stay busy. I'm like, let me take your car home. That new car you got? Like, yeah. I'm like, let me fucking clean it up before I bring it back. Like, what do I owe you? I'm like, eh, nothing. I just need something to do. Right. Can't sit around. I had like a two-hour break between the morning shift and the lunch yeah, shift. Yeah, yeah, um, And I remember taking like everybody's cars home that I worked with, like 15 people at the pizzeria. I'm like, yeah. Like, hey, you want to clean my car today? I'm like, I'll take it home. I'll be back in a couple hours. Right? And that's so your, it. Your goal, your goal and dri- drive-oriented, which, again, is, I think is in part of your genetics – and part of the so, lecture yeah. we'd like to give people as far as who are depressed and feeling like they're not going anywhere, set some goals, you know, create some goals for yourself, create some meaning. That's, that's meaning for you. Like, you know, hit a goal, do it again, do it again. It, it creates movement. It creates. Um, you got to get around the right people. You know, I think that's a big one. Doc. You know what I'm saying? I just, I can just see the people, you know, if, if nobody's motivating you, you know, uh, any relationship that I'm engaging in, I'm looking for somebody who's going to be bettering me. Yes. And and very quickly, if I'm somewhere and somebody's... It's not like, about transaction. Like, you're not looking to see if they could do something No, for you, no, no. Which I think we are doing a lot now these days. I Rising see tides raise all ships, right? More of a, like a, a transactional relationship. It's who can do what, a guy can do no. this one for that. It's like, what's that, old, what's that old saying? It's, you know, how you treat someone who can do nothing for you. You know, like, right. it, it, there's something to be said about that. Like, it doesn't always need to be a transaction. It's just, right, what, what are you giving off? Is what you care about, it right. seems. It's like, you know, are you a good person? Are you giving off a good vibe? Or are you just this negative, toxic energy? I have some of my f- best friends and some of the people that I consider to be some of the best human beings I've ever known in my life who are nothing like me, right? They don't have businesses. They're not an influencer. They're not building anything. They're just regular dudes who literally understand what this is all about and what higher living is about. And you'd be like, that guy's that enlightened? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's that and he's happy for you. That's and a happy good friend. For me, right? Yeah, and happy for me. And when you're... Because you worked for it, and yeah. they saw you worked for it. And they might be a little envious, but not in a bad way. Envious maybe might spark them to they do something. They even say it. They even say it. They're like, dude, I feel like I'm fucking like wasting my time. Right. And I'm like, bro, like, you're good. Like, here's the good news. We're all like 40, right? 
you got another 50 years. Right. So you got a whole... Do something. Yeah. Right. right. So now we start playing the game. Guy says to me yesterday in class, he goes, uh, can I ask you a question about entrepreneurship? I said, anything you want. He said, uh, he'll probably listen to this. And he said, uh, you know, I got some business questions. I go, well, what business are you in? He goes, well, I have an LLC. And I said, but what do you do? He goes, well, nothing. He formed and I an said, LLC. He goes, so what's your advice? I said, do something. Do something. <laughs> That's it. He goes, what am I going to do? I go, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know what you're good at. And I got about five more minutes before I get the fuck out of here because I want to go home. But go, just go do something. Right. He's like, where do I start? I'm like, right now, just do something. You jump and grow your wings on the way down. And, you know, one of those big red flags for a guy who's in business, and I'm this savvy, amazing business person. I'm obviously skilled in some level here. Uh, when I hear, we just talked about this before, when I hear two things, I know that somebody is just like literally almost blowing smoke out of their ass and just talking out of their fucking behind. Uh, yeah, I'm in business. I have an LLC. When I hear that one, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Right. And the other one is, or I'm going to create an LLC. Yeah, I'm going to create an LLC. Do you even know what an LLC is? Do you right. even know what it means? Or why what it you would like? even create one? Yeah, right, right, right. Why would you, do you understand what it's meant to do? Right. Um, Sounds and, cool. Yeah, I mean, really, all it's do is, what an LLC essentially is meant to do is to protect your personal assets. Right. That's the whole fucking thing, right? And by the way, even the business you're going into might not, an LLC, LLC might be an appropriate worthy. fit. Yeah, right. I mean, you might need an LLP or, right, or, or an S-Corp or, right. or a C-Corp. Right. And people are like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you don't, Maybe you have a combination LLC, C Corp, or a multi-member LLC. Well, and I think social media has has done a lot of that damage, right? The the, the all show of what people are living, almost like what I have, but they're really not on the back end. They don't have it. Well, it's so funny because people are like, "Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur," because it sounds cool and everyone seems like one on social. On I, you know, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, and it's not an unknown thing. And I mean, it's just the guy's great, but he says a lot. He's like. You can go on people's Instagrams and in their profiles it says entrepreneur. It's great. He's or like, you'll never see somebody put ba- professional basketball player because you know what? You actually have to show results. Here's the ball. What can you Either do? Either are you're not right. Yeah. Anybody. We had a guy who worked here. And I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> comes in, and his Instagram profile was model, uh, professional bas- baseball player, pro pro baseball player, and entrepreneur. This is. I'll, I'll give everybody a secret in the world. If you are applying for a position at Street Cup Training and your profile anywhere says entrepreneur, I'm not hiring you. That's just, that's a blanket rule for me and I'll tell you why. Here's a few reasons. And this is some business advice for some folks. Here's a few reasons. Number one, if you're an entrepreneur, the fuck are you doing working for me? Right. That's the first one. Number two, if you're an entrepreneur and you suck at it, you're going to take your sucky skills and bring them to my business. Mm-hmm. Um Number three, if you're an entrepreneur and still are focusing on your own little venture, that means I am second to what your vision is. And I need people here who are like, okay, this is my primary object. This is my job because I'm going to reward you back. Here's more money. Here's more money. Here's raises, raises, raises. Anything I can do for you, I appreciate you. I think a lot of people have to take a reality check. And by the way, I'm also encouraging people to do great things, but not everything is like, I'm going to start an LLC. And the other one is, I'm going to get my real estate license. That's another one where I just want to do a backflip off the fucking bridge to hear it, not hear another word. And I got to say, I know about three or four people who have said that to me or went and got it and actually have success. But I also know about 600 people who have said it to me in the past. Mm-hmm. So one of those 600, about 1% or less, have actually done it and been successful at it. Right. And that's one of the biggest fallacies about real estate. People are like, oh, I watch the shows. It's simple. Folks, 
if you're not good at business, you're not going to be good in real estate. Will you make 50 grand a year, you know, bullshitting around in real estate full time? You can make 50 grand. Anybody can make 50 grand a year, 60 hours a week in real estate. Like, there's no right. question about it. But in order to be some of these high achieving realtors, you know, you're, you're, you got to have something, you know, and, and sometimes it's, it's just better to say, who am I? What am I going to do? And we had a guy here. Uh, I don't want to say his name. So I'm like, feel bad. And when he came here, he's like, yeah, I've been thinking about this. and I've been thinking about opening a gym. And I'm like, first of all, there are two things that I hear that I run into a panic when I hear about people want to get in business. The first one's a gym. The last thing on the fucking world you want to try to open is a gym. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, and you're the fuck, and you're Dante Rivera or Ricardo right. Almeida. Genius, right? You're the fucking guy. Makes a ton of sense. The numbers keep growing. Overhead's pretty low on the whole thing. The variable is you. But a general gym, you're going to try to compete with these big fucking. Yeah, now with the competition. Yeah, your mind. And the other one is restaurant. When I hear people say they want to open a restaurant, uh, so he said both of those things to me, and I said uh, we talked for like you know when we first started working here. Six weeks later, he's like, you know, I I've been thinking. I'm probably not good at any of this stuff. And I went, you know, you're saving yourself a lot of pain here. Actually having self-realization about some of your skills, because you're a great person, you're a hard worker, uh, you're a smart person, but there is some gift to understanding how a business works and employing the dynamics. It's really hard. And, and trying to figure out what your gift might be. I mean, again, right? this guy it might not be a restaurateur or a, a guy that knows the gym business. It seems like people don't take the time to figure out, like what, like you said a half hour ago, what are you good at? Figure that out first. What do you want to get better at? And then go start that. That might be something I want to hear. Like, well, I really figure want out what you want to this? do and get good at it. Right. You know what I mean? I started real estate. I remember having some of my first conversations when I had my, I was kind of like faking it a little bit. And I look back at some of those early conversations and I was very successful as a realtor, right? So the proof's in the pudding. I, this is where I'm hanging my strengths. I am. I love business. Before Tim Kennedy did the podcast, uh, we talked for a little bit. Him and I. I'm like, how much do you love business? He's like, I fucking love it. I'm like, I, Tim, I see your shit. Like, I can tell that you you want to snort business like it's a drug. We love it. Like, we love it. And it's not because I'm growing my bank account, although that's some part of it, right? That's obviously why we're in business. We work as much as we do. To watch this beautiful thing grow and have impact in lives and like. Dude, it's amazing. Like, it's so addicting. It's so it fucking addicting. And Tim Kennedy's a stud. Like, dude, Tim is no joke. Tim's a fucking savage business. But the one thing he's got is crazy work ethic. Right. Crazy. So that's another thing you got to think about. What's your work ethic like? If you're going to come into business, what's your work ethic like? What are you you to really got to count. I'm coaching somebody right willing. now. Willing. I mean, you've said it. Yeah. What are you willing to give up? I'm coaching somebody right now that I'm doing pro bono coaching. It's really helping this guy. He's actually a pretty well-known figure. Uh, and we're in the stage of exploring like the basics and how to make some adjustments in his business. We've adjusted quite a few things and opened up a huge fucking world for him to, uh, I mean, we probably brought his revenue up 30 to 35% in the first three adjustments in about a week. Right. And just different shifts and different thoughts and different minds. But I also, when I look at pouring my energy into somebody to see how it's going to work, I have to ensure that they are willing. Uh, I just can't have conversations with everybody's like, I have this idea. Like, I make ice cubes that look like Pokemon characters. And, like, I do it for my kids, and I think, it's, I think it would be like a smash hit. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. Right? right. I hate to make this sound like Shark Tank, but, um, you know, 
You got to do this shit. You got to get out there and try it. You, you want to spend your time on the right people is what you're saying. That's all. There's nothing for me now, right. yes. For me, you know, usually my litmus test is here are three books. Call me when you're done reading them. I knock down a book a week. On top of listening to podcasts, I knock down a book a week. No bullshit. My hand to God. I'm finishing Burn the Boats by Matt Higgins right now. Um, so I, I'm knocking down books like a like, I cook breakfast in the morning and books are on. I'm listening right. to fucking audiobooks as I'm going. I work out to audiobooks. You come right. to my house, you're like, you ready to fucking get pumped? Got a nice gym in the basement. And dude, I'm putting on like a business podcast. Right. And and you're just like, dude, what are we doing? Where's you're Metallica? Learning. You're learning. I'm like, bro, right. This is my dojo, brother. When I come here, this is where the mind grows. And I'm not trying to sound fancy. I'm actually saying this so people can understand. And Maybe it's speaking to those people, but... You'll impact someone. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying the Street Cop Podcast, do us a favor and go give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Tell a friend. We don't charge anything for the episodes. We appreciate your support. Check us out on any social platform by putting into the search bar, Street Cop Trading. Give us a follow. We have a lot of free content coming out every single day that you might not catch here on the podcast, and it's important for you to be able to do your job more professionally, and we also entertain you as well. The guy that I'm, I'm helping out now, um, a lot of people know who he is, He's knocking books out like a madman. I'm giving him recommendations. He's done within three days. So I'm really happy that I'm putting my time into him. I want nothing in return. I really want – he's the type of guy that deserves it. Right. He just needs a little guidance, just like I would have needed guidance seven, eight years ago. Anyway, Doc, let's fucking stop letting old Den Den rant here. <laughs> no, I like hearing it. We were leaving off at, like, these relationships. Let's move on to the next thing. So we're checking out chemicals. We're checking out diet. Relationships are important. Mental health. What else are we looking at? I mean, you know, if it's an athlete – or, you know, and I, again, an athlete doesn't have to be someone who's competing. An athlete could be someone like you and I who are trying to still get at it. Um, now we talk about structure, uh, mobility, symmetry, um, some of the goods and bads as far as their physical assessment. Because you can catch a ton of things just on that alone. Interesting. That could, like, what, what are some of the things that you catch that people don't realize? Asymmetries, meaning, you know, if you split someone in half looking left to right or front to back. You know, either they're front, they're not doing rear chain movements. Uh, you know, some of my, my either weight, weight training guys or, you know, pitchers, catchers, people are having specific issues. It's easy to go to a specific area and say, look, you need to work on rear chain movements. Or, you know, feet, you know, your, your two columns that start everything. You know, if you're off there, that, that cadence will work its way up through your, what I call, fascial load. Right. Um, and throw everything off. So that's a common, common thing is I'll look at, um, leg length discrepancy, if there's a difference in even just your load in your feet alone, and then all the way up. Yeah, have you caught a lot of people with like short legs and stuff oh, like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. How many people do you think have short legs? Well, there's structural and then there's functional. I think structurally, not a lot. I think there's more functionally shorter sides, meaning you're tighter to one hamstring by a little bit or a glute or that fascia all the way up or an SI joint. Um, and that's easily maintained. Uh, and again, there's things that you could do on your own. You don't need to be in my office for an hour to do it. You know, especially people that are already active. I don't believe in you having to spend an hour three times a week in my practice. I used to go see a chiropractor. Uh, he was good. You probably know his name, and I'll tell you off. I'm sure you know who he is because you guys are kind of in the same in the same ballpark. And he was different too. He was taking X-rays and measurements and doing all that stuff and trying to see what was going on. You know, and I would go there, and he would try to like adjust me, right? So he's opening up my back. He's like, "Hey, you're not adjusting." I'm like, "I do this every morning." Like, I'm cracking my back right. every morning, sometimes even at night as well. He's like, oh, really? And I'm watching these other people there. Like, he's literally getting on them and, like, popping the backs, mm -hmm. you know, just getting on the back on the, on the board. And they're like, oh, ah! And I'm like, 
dude, you're the fucking laziest motherfuckers. And we're like, and you would hear them come in, like, they're like, I can't move, doc. I'm fucking dying. I'm like, you're 380 pounds. Like, how about start with losing 250? Right. And then reassessing your life. You know, you're in here, and they would complain to him, I feel like shit. Well, yeah, you just inhaled six bags of Oreos before you showed up. I tried everything. And then I stopped coming. I'm like, hey, you know, doc, I'm not going to be coming here as much because it's, it's i don't have the time it's right a 30 minute drive in the morning come here like i feel good now um i'm glad you assessed and i'll tell you what some of those things that he found on me were after we get done with this we've corrected that stuff i feel great i was having back pain and uh i was having so much back pain that i was actually getting uh it was becoming very uncomfortable for a guy who's active i'm like right. what the fuck is wrong with my back right and uh you know he's like yeah i think some of the stuff you can just do at home. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. So when you said that, it triggered it for me. Yeah, because there's a lot of things by active. Of course, the ones that you already can tell aren't active and they're overweight are going to need a little bit more guidance and help. Um, but I trust my... How do you my, get through to people? How do you get through to people when you're looking at them going, you need to lose 50, 60, 70 pounds? How do you get somebody who's never lost weight in their life, and I know people like this, to get them to concede that they're going to have to start losing some weight? It's not easy, but there's a, you, know, you hope to find a trigger somewhere. Um, Kids, family, purpose, sometimes, life. and and maybe figure out a reason why they might not be doing it. You know, is it true laziness? Is it a mental issue? Is it uh, they just feel like they're too far gone at this point? Right, it's interesting. You know, um, and it, you know, obviously, it's a, one of the number one issues in the country is obesity and weight loss, and um, it's a billion dollar industry. These people are buying up. I mean, way back in the day, it was Chuck Norris selling the whatever gym that home gym yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, and just. People buy things that collects dust. It's there's no quick fix. That's the biggest thing. And uh, the patients that stick with me see the results, and um, hopefully they go talk about it. That's probably a better way too. If you grab a patient that's lost over a hundred pounds and has built lean muscle, if you can kind of put them in the room together to talk about it, not look at guys like you and I, right? Because someone might look at you and be like, "Well, yeah, it's easy for you," even though it might not have been. Yeah, they right. Think it was. If they can hear a story about someone that was similar to them. And they were kind of down and out and over 100 pounds overweight, and they did it. You might have an effect there. Mm. That's probably the best way to do it. That's interesting, man. I really try to have a lot of compassion when I look at somebody. And I'm not saying that you have to look like a fucking Adonis everywhere you go, but there is obviously some situations where you're like, what the what are you fuck doing? is yeah. going on? I mean, come and on. Even, when even family members that we hear of, then you, they hear health news. And you just scratch your head like, what are you doing? Like, Watch what you eat. Go on a walk. You don't have to work out the way we might, but do something to help your health. It's like they quit. Um, that, that makes me scratch my head every once in a while. Yeah, I think we're probably better off to have the conversation with, with like a psychotherapist rather than you and I. Yeah. Um, and I think the only thing we can do is try to see it without prejudice and, and judgment and try to really see them as humans that they are. Not a hard thing. I'm sorry, not an easy thing to do. You know, it's easier said than done. It's like when I hear people talk shit about me or this company and then see them in person, right? I'm just like, oh, I just want to confront this motherfucker, mm-hmm. right? But then I try to like really get into this discipline of like, why are they acting that way? Are they really that bad of a person? And, or are they just jealous? And they never fucking say shit to my face. I'm no. encouraging all the people that don't like me to please confront me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully we can have a conversation like an adult because mm-hmm. I'd like to dig into why you don't like me Someone or this you company. don't even know? Dude, it's wild, mm-hmm. right? It's wild. We just had a guy go through a police academy here, and he's like, "Man, some of these instructors came in. They heard that I worked for you guys, and and they were just like, they just taking shots because they knew he couldn't say anything. He's a recruit, mm-hmm. so they're talking shit about the company." And I'm like, "So, f- 
fucking so corn. petty, man. Like how, like, come Common on the podcast, though. right? Like I almost feel like, and at the same time, like who fucking cares, right? Right? We got so many people that love us and the work that we're doing, but in my head, I'm like, come on the podcast. Let's hear what you're. Concerns but I mean, are. that's like Twitter. I mean, you know, people talk about Twitter all the time. I'm not even on it, but that you'll see a hundred great comments, one bad one, and you focus on, you know, you'll get a hundred great comments about what you guys are doing and how great it is. You just hear one instructor say something, you're like, well, you know, you almost focus. We're, we're we lean more towards the negative than the positive when it comes to situations like that. I think that. we like, lean towards the negative most of the time in our yeah. lives. Uh, my friend Frank Tracy, who's a uh, lieutenant here in New Jersey, he's a fucking great guy. And I'll tell you why he's a great guy. Many years ago when I started this training company, uh, the agency that I worked for ran a lot of interference and shut the program down, to be quite honest, uh, in some sense. Uh, actually, in complete sense. And I had to send an email out to people who were attending my upcoming classes. Not that there was thousands, but there were some people. And Frank was the only guy that wrote back and said, some of the greatest people in the world have gone through some of the toughest things in their life. He was mm -hmm. like, don't let this dissuade what your mission is. I know who you are. He says, write this wonderful email. So uh, I'll always have Frank in my mind mm -hmm. as a guy who didn't know me but knew who I was and what I was trying to do. And I think he recognized and saw something in me. He's a great, great guy. So this morning I said to him, it's his birthday today. I said, happy birthday, Frank. You know, I saw it on Facebook. I don't have it like on my calendar. Like right, it's Frank right. Tracy's birthday. Uh, I texted him, happy birthday, brother. Hope all is well. He said, I hope for you too. I hope life is treating you good and all that stuff. I said, life is life. There's nothing I can do about that. It's the only way I see life, or the, the way that I see life is the only way I could get to choose to see life. Your perception. So yeah. while we all have negative shit going on, boy, how about you stop for a second and thank God for the good shit you have in your I life. I appreciate Even yeah. your fucking next door neighbor who just says hello to you, maybe she's older, and you get the privilege of shoveling her snow yeah. when it snows, right? Just something like that, like these moments, man. They're worth all the rest of the bullshit. Yeah, so I agree. it's how you say it. If you we're, talk to people we're in my here, family, yeah. you know, we're able to get things done. I've been, you know, something like this doesn't go unappreciated on my end. Um, and that's another thing that I, I probably talk a lot to patients about. You know, someone's always got it worse. So any books or like any kind of articles you recommend to people? I just sent somebody who I have a friend of mine is going through something very difficult right now. And mm. I'll tell you what I sent him. It's a pretty fucking good excerpt, and it's brought up in a lot of... It's not the first time I've heard it, but uh, it is good, bad, who's to say. Have you ever heard of this before? Yeah, I have heard of it. Yeah, it's really good. I, yeah. you know, I'll just do it for the podcast. It's I've heard it on the podcast. Uh, it's on books, but it's good, bad, who's to say. This was an article written by a guy in January. This is July 22nd, 2020, and I guess he's an advocacy for Down syndrome. Anyway... So this is how the story goes. There once was a man who lived on a farm with his son and his horse. One day, the barn door was left open and the horse ran away. When the nearby villagers heard about it, they ran to the farm to tell the farmer how sorry they felt for him. How will you work your farm without your horse, they asked. The farmer simply shrugged and said, good, bad, who's to say? A few days later, the farmer's horse returned and following were two more horses. The villagers were so excited for the farmer's luck, they ran into his farm and told him so. The farmer simply shrugged and said, good, bad, who's to say? The new horses were not broken in, so the farmer's son worked hard to break them in so they could be used on the farm. While doing so, one of the new horses threw him off and his leg was broken. The villagers again ran to the farm and expressed their deep sadness about the son's broken leg. Now your son can't help with you on the farm, they said with their heads hung low. The farmer simply shrugged and said, good, bad, who's to say? 
As the sun was healing from his broken leg, a war broke out in the countryside. All the young men were sent to fight. Many died or were seriously injured. However, since the farmer's son had a broken leg, he was not able to go. The villagers again came to the farm to say to the farmer how very lucky he was that his son didn't have to go to the fight in the war. Once again, the farmer shrugged his shoulders and stated, good, bad, who's to say? And it just goes on and on. So while you think these are horrible things, you'd be surprised how they end up being blessings in disguise. I give that gift to everybody when they're going through difficult times. You know, and, and this person's dealing with some tough stuff, and I said, you know, one of them is a, is a marriage that's falling apart pretty badly. And it's very devastating. And I said, you know, it, it could be sad, right? But these are the cards you've been dealt. And unfortunately, you don't get to move to another table at this time. You can't call for another deal or you can't ask for another hand. This is it. This is the hand you got to play. So you could say, oh, whoa, it was me. Or say, you know what? Maybe there's a, another chance for me to find love again and experience that all over with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you might say, I didn't realize this person needed me. And I didn't know that I needed them. Right. And how much more they're going to bring to your life. Very hard thing to face when you're sitting in a circumstance of, oh, my God, the trauma that, you know, all these things are fucking nuts. But that's a real strength to take a situation that is really detrimental, traumatic, and try to find the good in it. It is hard. And I, 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 um, <clears throat> one thing I've used, a tool I've used, and sometimes, you know, in helping other people get through what they get, try to get through is a year from now, how do you want to look at yourself and the way you handled it? Because you're going to be here a year from now, you're going to look back. And you're going to see how you handled yourself right now. Are you going to be proud of yourself? Are you going to wish you had handled it a little bit better, maybe pulled yourself out a little bit quicker? Like, how are you going to look at yourself and how you handled this situation? Mm. And I, I tend to do that at times because we all, we all sink at times, right? We all, we're human. And then it kind of remind myself of, all right, hold on a second. Like if I'm, it, it could be a month from now, let alone a year from now. How am I going to look at myself the way I, I handled this situation? Mm -hmm. Because your future self is going to look back. Um, that and when you had to ask me about like books or, or different articles that are out, um, patients are constantly asking me that question. And I try to lead them in the direction of, of you know, perception and meaning. And um, I, I, I tend to be a huge fan of, you know, 12 Rules for Life and, 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 mm -hmm. and you know, Jordan, Jordan Peterson. Peterson he pulls oh, yeah. in psychology. It's a hard book to listen to, though, because he's got a very monotone voice. He does. But he's excellent. Like, Jordan Peterson has the number one podcast in the education space. I'm just saying, Doc, we're top 100. That's all I'm mm -hmm. saying, that same space. As deserved. Um, but he's number one, and there's a reason. The guy he, doesn't he miss. He pulls it all in, too. Like, oh, you know, it's good. not just, um, you know, he's a little biased at times, and I'm not going there. I like it. I mean, I, 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 when I hear something, I, I haven't heard of something yet from Jordan Peterson that, that I didn't like, but I also don't consume him nonstop. He makes sense out of it, you know? Um, but again, you look at guys like him, um, motivational guys like you, I'm sure certain podcasts that you've had, and I've listened to a few of them, that are mo this turned into somewhat motivational and inspiring, right. hopefully. Um, I still go back to that patient that's kind of looking at me like, I hear what you're saying, and I love everything you're saying, but I'm not sure I can muster it up. And that, again, goes down to diving into whether or not they have the tools um, inside. You know, it's not just physical recovery. It's mental recovery. We have those days that you seem to be blessed with something that some people aren't, which is the ability to recover really quick. You know, bounce back really yeah. quick so you can get going again tomorrow. Not everyone has that, either chemically or 
genetically, we'll call it. Um, some people lose it over time. They don't have the same drive. So part of what success for you became was drive, right? You're willing to work 16 hours a day. You know, two, I call it three work shifts in a day, right? There's, there's one, two, or three work shifts. Mm-hmm. If you work two out of the three, you're already, you know, doubling someone that's just working one eight-hour day. Right. And, and by the way, then you can start to, like, hone your skills and become super effective. And smarter. You're 20 times as powerful or right. as effective. And less time. Right, dude. But, again, it's dive. You know, I've, I've treated some uber-successful people over the years that I've, and I've, you know, for lengthy periods of time because it's more of the wellness treatment as opposed to so just come in when you're acute. And I've watched it kind of diminish, and it does correlate to some of the chemistry that is diminishing as we age. It's interesting. So the books are great. The podcasts are great. Um, trying to implement some of these good habits and good behaviors, which we always hear about, you know, create good habits, create good diet, create good nutrition. But again, if they're not assessed and you really don't have the stuff to get there, it's a harder road. Right. So it's one of the other things I always. So I like of, the I like the simple interventions, right? It is drink simple. water only. You know, simple. That's a simple one, man. So you detox. don't need a coach for somebody to tell you. No. Put the fucking soda down, right? Um, try to drink black coffee, right? People think that skim milk good for you. Actually, whole milk. All 100% fat whole milk is actually better for Listen, you. Listen, I tell my youth athletes, you know, my 14, 15-year-olds that come in and talk about recovery drinks, um, you know, with all the, all the crap that's out there, there's still nothing better than drinking chocolate milk after a workout. No, interesting. There's nothing better. It's cool. The protein in, in obviously, the Whole milk, milk right? We're whole talking milk. about, whole yeah, and, and people got to understand that, like, even if you've tasted whole milk, the... Um, What's the more expensive one? The organic. Yes. The organic and the regular milk, they taste completely different. Yeah. Organic milk's unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, for the extra three bucks a That's, gallon, there's a few things go I for the organic. That go yeah. do organic. And I can um, tell you, I get, so I actually get, I live in a town that's pretty farm. Like a lot of people have chickens. So farm to table? I get uh, eggs delivered every week. Yeah. It's Six good. dozen come to my house. I got a big family. And sometimes she's not around, or the, I didn't know this because the first year we're doing it. But the eggs lay less eggs in the in the winter. Did you know that? No. Yeah, I said the eggs. The hens lay less right. eggs in the winter, and so she's like, "Hey, I can only get like three dozen this week." So I'm like, "You know, let me grab three dozen at, at the, the store. right shop reference, brother. Even the organic ones. There's no comparison between these farm ones, and they're like fucking dinosaur eggs. Mm-hmm. Versus, and it's worth it if you were near somewhere, you go to a farmer's market and grab these eggs. Dude, they're unbelievable. Like there's. What a significant difference you... Yeah, some of the stuff's right in front of people, right? They yeah. just choose not to, to, to see it. I think some for the, the extra three things, bucks on a, on a dozen, I think I it's worth it, right? But I think so, some of the other things, um, doctor's visits have become so regular and oh, they're yeah. so uh, kind of habitual. Like, all right, I go to the doctor, especially guys, right? We go to the doctor only if you said it. You, haven't, you don't even remember the last time you are at the doctor. I'd like to try to influence people to go to the doctor for a well visit to keep things normalized and right. make sure nothing gets out of whack, whether it be amino acids. Smart. Or, I think it's smart. You know, your, your, your micronutrient levels, your hormone levels, like why not stay this way? Because it, it just all of a sudden falls off and you wake up and you're like, what the hell happened to me? This is what I hear. You know, it's like I was great and then I wasn't. What kind of doctor should they see for some kind of assessment like that? Is it a regular physician? That's tough. Well, you know what? I, what I, t- I would tell patients is, dig a little bit ask a little bit more questions ask for some of these things like you know hey doc can i can i you know can you check my micronutrients can you check can you do a hormone panel can you check these things on me sometimes the regular stuff and they have their place and i don't blame them is to make sure you're not dying right 
It's heart, lung, and then all of your rest of your blood work, liver, kidney, spleen, you know, all that looking stuff. looking for, like, signs of cancer and stuff like right. that. Right, and, that's, and they do a great job doing it. Um, but what if you're good and either you want to stay good or you want to be better? Those markers aren't going to help you. And telling you to eat a little bit le- less red meat because your cholesterol is high is not going to necessarily get you to, you know, that, that spot. I mean, this new stuff that's coming out, I haven't done enough research. This one guy is spending, you know, $2 million a year, and apparently he's reversing his age. Like there's this cellular testing now on how to, how to test your cellular age. Um, that'll be maybe for our next time together if I've done enough research yeah. to tell you if it really stands the test. Um, but, you know, everyone's searching for anti-aging, youthfulness. My, my goal's always been, look, it's quality, right? If we're going to all live to 90, what's, the, what's your life? I'm going 103, be? Doc. I'm telling you right now, I'm going 103. And you want your life to be between 70 and 103, that of a quality one where you're still dry, getting around, doing what you want to do as opposed to what, is it, what, is it, what are those last 20 years look like? Yeah. No shit. And I don't want to be in a hospital things. bed. Or on a walker, or you're losing nah. your brain a little bit. Like, yeah, my Uncle Lou's going to be 99 in September, still driving. Just stopped bowling last year. Didn't want to do it anymore. I said, why'd you quit bowling? He said, ah, everybody else quit. I got no team now. I go, except they got too old. They're, in like, they're like 75. See, and I was like, genetically test. You know, the, he didn't have all the things that we have our hands on Smoked now. Smoked for 77 years. Right. Could you fucking imagine, dude? There's, there's something DNA related to somebody living to 99 and not doing many things his mother, right. His mother lived till 96. Cook with lard. They they deep fried their french fries. It's you wild, know, right? It, yeah. There's something genetic. Well, I ask him a lot. I'm like, hey, wh- you know, what, what do, do you think? do? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I, I take from all his, because dude, he's crisp. I mean, you talk to him right now, you get a kick out of him. He's funny as shit. Mm-hmm. He is clear as a day. You can't pull one over on him. The guy is sharp as a tack. I saw him driving on Thanksgiving. I was like, this motherfucker's good. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, slow. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. he pulls out like he's 17 and just got his license. 90, they're going to be 99 this year. God bless him. But I think one overall theme that I heard from him was, like, he doesn't really stress. You know, and I got to tell you, I told everybody in this office last week, I'm going to wear a heart monitor and a blood pressure monitor. You know, like, they're looking for something yeah, yeah. in your body. They yeah. make you wear that thing for a week. Yeah. With the thing. I'm going to get one just to prove to everybody where am I at. Bro, I'm telling you, you I am fucking baseline. It, nothing works me up. Like nothing. But you operate up there already. Well, we have a uh, you know what I mean? publicist. Someone might already look at you and think that you're amped up, and right. you're not. Oh, you calm as shit. Our publicist. Uh, like, would you see? Would you take him calm? Well, I'm calm because you That's see, you don't see anything works me up. That's calm. You're 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 calm as you're amped though. Like you're you're you're. Dude, like, I'm telling my blood my blood energy. pressure's perfect. My BP's perfect. Like. My fucking heart rates. You would never per- what I mean by it is like that's your personality. Is you're, right. you're here all the time. Right. That doesn't mean you're stressed. You're just here. Yeah. We, uh, I'm telling you, I want to wear these things. I want to wear these things and show everybody what the results are. And yeah, you're going to cool. be like, well, what happened there? I'm like, no, I was taking a shit. I, like, I was right. pushing. You know what I mean? That's where the fucking blood pressure went up a little bit. I was working out a little bit here. That's going to make sense. But, dude, our publicist was like, you seem awful calm during this fucking turbulent time. And I went, I live in the ringer. Like, right. My life was the principal's office. I was always in trouble. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I've gotten real comfortable with knowing do? that, guess what? Everything's going to be okay right. in the future. In the moment, it's very easy to panic, but it solves nothing. No. It solves zero. Matter of fact, you probably won't, you probably won't handle the situation as good as you would like to have had you not been stressed out and panicked. 
you got to breathe. I think, it's almost like what you teach, yeah. probably what you teach a lot of your guys in the moment of a, a, a struggle or a scuffle or something bad that's going on. The more you keep your head about you, the better result you're going to have. Yeah. And that's life. We have Rob O'Neill speaking at our conference. And he's the guy who was on SEAL Team 6 and they went and killed Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard podcasts with him before and he talks about how calm they were to pull off that mission. And they actually believe they weren't coming back. They all went there with that's the intention crazy. of dying. Uh, it is, but that's actually like a soldier's creed. Yeah. And they say a lot of times, he who will win the war is the one who burns the boats. If you go to war with the intention of coming back, you're probably not going to do well in the battlefield. But right. if you go there with the intention of understanding that you're not coming back, you're probably going to be coming back. It's a real theory behind that. And he said, you know, we were calm. And, you know, they asked him, like, how? He's like, this is like our 67th mission. The first one you were a wreck at. Right. But number 67, he's like, I'm telling you, my blood pressure didn't go up a fucking tick. And Do you think that's part of the problem today, too, that things... I mean, not to get corny, but things just seem to come very easy to everyone now. You know, obviously technology is right at our fingertips. I think about my kids compared to what we had to develop patience for and struggle for. Like you said, you were cleaning cars for free and working 80 hours a week. Uh, You know, I don't see any kid at 15 now, 16, having to, let alone wanting to work 80 hours a week. And then everything stresses them out. We, We were stressed from the minute... You know, thing, you know, the minute, like, principal's office, like, we were constantly kind of pushed to be stressed and handle our stuff outside the house. No one was there. Mm-hmm. You had to handle the playground yourself. Yeah, there's, there's definitely now some responsibility. They're making play dates. Yeah, there's you a know? lot of things that we can point to. Um, one thing it I can grit, certainly right? tell. I, I look at, so my kids are at that age where, you know, I know a lot of parents. I promise you that a lot of this stuff is because of their parents. I'm watching it. I'm watching these helicopter parents. Oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do this. The other day, kid comes over. This is uh, two days ago. So it was a nice weather day here in Jersey. So my number three goes, when you come home, can we ride quads? And I went, yeah, of course, man. Like, whatever you want to do. We have a lot of power sports at my house. Bro, if you pop the garage, you're like, holy shit, you guys have like, this is like a fucking display showroom at a power sports center. That's how I always envisioned that house when I bought it. And I told her, I said, when I... One day, this, this garage will look like a power sports center. We're getting there. I still have room for a few more things. So this, uh, the one kid gets on. I give him a 50. He's, a, he's, he's seven. It's a pretty significant age. They're able to ride power sports at seven. Yeah. I had my, my number three. Especially he's a little quad. It's a 50, right? right? This thing's regulated. It's about 16 miles an hour tops. Yeah. Your power wheel does seven miles an hour, right? If he tips over, it's, he's literally... Going to fall off before it tips over. Well, so the mother says to me, she's like, you know, you know, this kid, this kid's never been on a quad before. I go, the dynamics are so simple, though. She goes, but you got to understand something. These kids aren't like our kids. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you've had these kids on these fucking machines since they're two. Yeah, mine too. And and you're you're I'm like seven, you know, like the other kid, you know, this one's kids came over yeah, and was they probably riding. loved being at your house. Nobody wants to leave, my friend. And by the way, we also have like no rules. So kids are always like, you're telling me I can jump off the stairs? I'm like, I would suggest doing a backflip and giving it a shot. Right. Let me get some pillows. And they're like, what pillows? I'm like, the ones on the couch. We're just throwing on a fucking ground right here. Bro, I'm telling you, that's how we live our lives. How they test their limits. You know, it made me think. And then, of course, he flipped it into the bushes. I have, like, mm-hmm. the, the giant abravides yeah, that separate yeah. the houses, right? So he came in. I, don't, I didn't even see him do it. I just heard it. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what happened? He's like, oh, my foot got stuck. I was like, the fucking 50 was in the, like, you couldn't see it anymore. It was in the tree. It was just laying there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she said, she's like, our kids are different. I thought to myself, there's a reason why our kids are different. Because it's us. Yep. 
and there's no question about it. And I'm not sitting here criticizing other people's parenting and patting myself on the back. What I'm saying to the parents listening to this is you're going to have significant impact in how these kids grow up, how they behave as adults, because you motherfuckers don't let them do anything. I mean, you got people come to my house. I have a hill in my backyard. I've had people in the back like, don't, don't, don't go down that hill. And I'm like, hey, we play on the hill. We play right. football on the hill. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to that kid? I've seen parents come to like the bouncy birthday parties mm -hmm. and yell at their kids to not bounce. And I've literally said to them, and you know, I get it's scolded by, the, by, the, by their mother. I say, uh, hey, um, you realize what they're supposed to do here is run around, bounce, and be fucking insane. Right. And all you're telling them to do because of your anxiety is to calm down. What you're doing to these kids is telling them, don't be dangerous. I'm scared. My kids are like, bro, I don't get, like, let's, let's go. That's all you hear in my house. Like, let's go. Mm -hmm. Even when I roll the side-by-side, -side, my oldest was with me. He's a nervous kid. Dude, he escaped that fucking side-by-side -side in about four seconds. Like, he'd been practicing his whole life. It's amazing. So now I'm like, he's had a ride with you. Well, right, exactly. So I'm pinned in this thing, and bro, I'm in pain. But I'm like, so I jump out. He's like, oh, are you okay? Are you good? You good, Dad? I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking good. Relax, brother. Lift it off my arm. Well, no, I got up and I lifted it oh, up. So it's the kids one. It's a 200 Polaris Razor. Um, but after driving that, I'm getting an adult one now. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get like a fucking badass like four seater Grizzly. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm talking like I'm looking at some some fancy shit like Turbo Razor R's. Like these things are wild. I have to have it. Anyway, because um, I'm a giant child. So when I got out, I flipped the thing over, and uh, I was like, fuck it, dude, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm in this woods with this kid. I got to flip this thing over. Nobody else, nobody's coming to rescue me. So I'm like, before this pain really sets in, I'm like, grab it. I fucking squat it up. He's like, holy shit, Dad. I'm like, yeah, get back in. So he's like, can you drive it? I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm really nursing my arm. I'm like, we're good. And dude, I didn't get out and like, like putt through the woods. I'm like, you ready to rock? And I fucking pounded it. And we just started peeling out of the fucking woods, cooking it again. And the reason I did that, I didn't want him to see or be scared or create a fear right. of what would happen if he goes fast in that thing. I want you to go fast in this. Well, and you, you also showed a little grit being hurt rather right. than, you know, and you were hurt hurt. You got up and you moved and he's going to remember that. And at some point he's going to go down and get up and move. That's, dude, we I've been telling people my whole life, don't pick him up, don't touch him. He fell. He's I don't okay. give a fuck. He'll figure it the fuck out. Right. He's all right. Uh, he'll figure it out. I t all of them. Don't touch him. Oh, we don't. If you need your dad, I'm here. If something really bad happens, right. I promise you emotionally. But that's creating grit. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you do not get to just bitch and complain. I'll tell my kids. I have a couple of them are crybabies. I'm like, why are you such a bitch? I call them baby bitches. I'm like, you guys are a bunch of baby bitches in this house. I'm like, stop. And I tell my, I'm telling six-year-olds. I'm like, stop being such a fucking bitch. I do this all day long, right? And cursing's permitted in my house. My kids are the most well-behaved. They would never curse in front no, of you. Isn't it funny? Oh, dude, and they curse in my... Not when their mother's around, because they'll mm -hmm. get fucking destroyed. But with me, as soon as she walks out, goes to the store, he's like, they're like, where's the fucking PlayStation remote? I'm like, guys, 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 that's hysterical. Yeah. Right? But I always tell them, like, stop being a bitch. They don't want to go BJJ. They're going. I'm literally dragging kids out, holding them by their fucking ankles, and throwing them into the truck. And she'll be like, they don't want to go. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what they want. They're, they're going. going. That's it. I don't want to go today. We'll appreciate it later. So I, one of the fathers did. Now, the cool thing is, I will tell you this. I have never seen a group of people who are more like me than the people who bring their kids to BJJ. So when you sit in the crowd of 
8, 10, 12 parents who are watching their kids practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they are literally the people who completely agree with the things that I'm saying because, dude, that's not an easy thing to do for these no. kids. No, and 90% get of them don't want to go, so they're the parents that are saying you're going. Dude, I'm telling you, and every single one of them, you can tell. Like, they'll get yelled at by the instructor, and he's funny. He was on a podcast, Dante Rivera, and he's like, he'll be like, I'm going to fucking take all of you and throw you into traffic on Route 9 if you don't shut up. And my kids love him. And I'm like, precisely. That's exactly what I want them to hear. <laughs> Dude, I tell a story. One time this little girl gets hurt. And he's like literally like hit her on her face like, Jessica, you're fine. Stop crying. Get back down in the guard. And she's like crying. He's like, stop crying. It's not worth it to cry over. Just shut, just shut up. Stop crying. And he lays back down. And then he made her do the move again. And she gets up and she's like happy and like laughing through her tears. And, you know, there's like 12 of us looking at each other. I'm like, he's exactly why we're here. Mm -hmm. Right? And then you got, like, a <laughs> dude, a grandmother came, like, two weeks ago, and she's like, oh, oh, my God, this is terrible. And I said to her, you want them to do it here in the controlled environment, or do you want a kid to do that to them in the fifth grade, and they can't do nothing they can't back? themselves, right? What do you want these fucking kids to do? You can't baby these motherfuckers. You're going to end up with these soft Marys. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. I agree. I agree. And I watch it, dude. I watch these parents who come to our house, <gasps> they're going on the zip line. I'm like, yeah, they're going to be fine. It's got a seat. They're going to sit on it, right? <gasps> oh, I'm at a pool party over the summer. Kids are running around the pool. The one mother's in the pool, no running. And I'm like, hey, uh, Jen, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to get scraped knee, right. bruised head a little bit. What do bit. we do? Bro, like, we let them fucking everything. run. Who cares? They disappear the minute the sun came up. What God. is this, like... The, the community pool where they got a lifeguard. You get your, these kids are fucking off. You got your drunk husbands on a dirt bike, right? Like right now racing around. Like what? Everybody's got to calm down with yeah. this fucking hovering over these kids. These helicopter parents. Dude, I watch it, and I don't know why it's so much worse now than it's ever been. I don't know. I, I've been talking about that a lot lately. They actually say there's a lot of theories. Jordan Peterson has a lot of theories on this, is because younger parents are more daring with their kids. People aren't having kids to 40 now, right? So these 40-year-old, 35-year-old moms and dads are overly cautious. Right. And what they say is there's they're a real— And they're not having a lot of kids either. No, one, two. Right. Uh, but a lot of these younger—like my wife is very young when she had kids. She was 23 at her first baby. So, um, you know, she's very daring with them. She was very— She's a great mom. So right. she, we encourage things. We had our kids going up. <laughs> people come to our house sometimes when the kids were real little. And I had a nine-month-old going up and down the basement stairs, 12 mm -hmm. stairs down to a hard concrete floor. And people are like, oh, the door. And I'm like, she's good. Like, she's not even a year. She doesn't even walk yet. I'm like, she can get down the stairs. She figured it out. We let them go. My kids have never found, fall down the stairs as infants going up and down it. And you got people come over and, like, will not even let their kids near the stairs. And they're fucking two. It's too much. Could you imagine, dude? Yeah, no. It's too you much. gotta let it go. You gotta concede that they're gonna get hurt. They're gonna survive. I came home the other day when they were riding quads. My oldest fell off a skateboard, busted his face up, big swollen eye. And I was like, "What happened to you?" He's like, "I fell off the skateboard." I go, "That's gonna look fucking awesome." He's like, "It really hurts." I'm like, "Stop being a bitch, dude. You're okay, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Stop being a girl. It's gonna look cool as shit." Tomorrow. Throw some frozen peas on it. <laughs> he had a fucking like, dude. You know, anyway. Fuck, dude. What haven't we? talk we could do this a we thousand got, yeah, times we really over could. we got a lot where um, can people find you so i'm we're in madison new jersey we're what north central north i say north jersey um but again one of the things that uh, frank and i spoke about before we had even come on was um 
it wasn't necessarily me getting on here and being able to promote. It was more to be able to educate. Um, yeah, but people are going to want to know, where can I find this guy? Yeah, I need the I, help. I, I want I, the help. I definitely appreciate right? that. But you have such a large audience in such a large area that the biggest thing is to make sure that they do their due diligence and they ask the questions from some of the topics that we talked about. And, you know, they can get more out of their provider by doing that. That's the biggest thing. You know, they're not, not – You can dig around honest. too, right? You go on Google, look for like uh, – you know, Google some key phrases like um, – Wellness check. Right. Uh, more than the regular physician, you'll yeah, find. Yeah, not the whole anti-aging, functional medicine. You know, everyone's kind of claiming these things. The problem with the anti-aging websites are they'll send you whatever you want to your house, right? I don't really love that that that, that deal, you know, whether it be supplementation or anything else that you're getting. Um, there's no real checkup. And then the functional medicine end of it, um, there's so many different Doctors that claim functional medicine, whether it's gut function, whether it's um, keto, whether it's uh, go green. So those key phrases have been so overused now, this anti-aging thing, that I feel like that's actually lost its luster. We all want to stay youthful. We all want to feel good. We all want to try to look better and stay, we'll call it strong or functional. So the key, key components are just digging a little bit in that visit to ask for different markers that you might be missing that aren't going to be looked for, like your micronutrient, your hormone panel. Those things make a difference. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 high, the, high, the high norms and the low norms also make a difference, right? Yeah. So it's not just the fact that, like, if you're right, you're, you're kind of a high norm for testosterone, we'll call it. I mean, for uh, cholesterol. Not a big deal. If you were a low norm for cholesterol, not a big deal. Some hormones and some micronutrients, it is a big deal if you're a low normal or a high normal. And that's what, you know, patients, there's so much, you know, information out there. The problem is you don't know where you're getting it from. But if you dig a little bit and you know what the questions that you would like to ask, you'll get the answers. Mm, interesting. And you'll, you'll hold your, your physicians more accountable. Well, if somebody's from New Jersey, New York area, and they're a police officer, first responder, whatever it may be, or somebody's looking for an overall wellness check and they want to come see you, what's mm-hmm. the website? Uh, MadisonMedicalNewJersey.com. You guys on Instagram and all that shit too? No. Come on, man! You got to step your fucking IG game I know, up. I know. I know. You know my market. My market's always been word of mouth, lecturing, uh, going to PBA lectures, and um, you know, ATC athletic trainers getting in front of parents, youth athletes, and kind of just doing the one on ones with the crowd themselves and kind of earning their trust. Um, but I do have to step my technical game up. My website's pretty good. How about just a few more pieces of advice before people leave? They're listening, saying, "Well." Give us a few things, Doc, if we can't see that we should intervene in our lives now or introduce into our lives now uh, to make ourselves feel better and have more wellness. What are some of those? Just a couple things. And you can be um, broad. They can be very broad. Diet, exercise. But for me, yeah, I like things I, a little more specific. Yeah, I, hey, listen, I think waking up early always makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a huge, uh, huge fan of waking up a little bit early and getting organized, maybe reading something or listening to an audio book. Um, if you're not hitting the gym, hit the gym. You don't have to go heavy, but you should be lifting weights. There's a big difference between cardio and lifting weights. You can incorporate everything else into it. Um, mobility is a huge factor in injury prevention. You know, you said it yourself in the morning, you wake up, you're trying to get some of those clicks and clanks out of your system before you get moving. A lot of people don't know how to do it or don't do it. Um, stretching is what you're saying is a good stretching, idea. Stretching, you know, joint motion. If you could be assessed by someone who knows what the heck they're doing to kind of see what your asymmetries are before it catches up to you, great. Um, 
And then again, you know, dive, doing a little bit of a deeper dive into your, into your chemistry, into your um, micronutrients, your hormone panel. There's so many different ways to tweak your diet to increase these things and supplementations out there. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, we just don't know it. Just that. start with something, folks. Start with something. Start with something. Just do one thing now. It's really easy to do. You know, put the soda down. Pick the water 90% of the time, right? I just... That's and a lot of these things really, really do affect your mental chemistry. That's like, wild, man. I can't tell you. You'll feel like shit. And you I won't even know it. Like, yeah, you don't I realize you have, I have, it's just one of those days. What would you eat yesterday? You know, did you have a lot of sugar or a lot of carbs? That will affect anxiety. That will affect depression. Lightly. You don't have to be ang- anxious or depressed, but maybe you're just off. Um, there's so many real cool ways to tweak those things. And then getting to the gym and letting out that energy and the serotonin. And I will actually postpone being here on time to ensure that I have a workout before I leave because of my performance level will be so much better by ensuring that I get that 45-minute workout in the morning. Yeah. No bullshit. One other thing that I want to give to people that I have been giving to a lot of my friends who are experiencing difficulties in life and may find themselves down and blue is to... You know, there's a lot of great resources on YouTube. And if you put in things like tough times, grit, resiliency, and you just start doing some search and watch some of those videos, man, they really speak to you. They speak to me, right? Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, uh, I was going through a very difficult time in my life, and I was on 537 in the town that I work in. It's one of the the county roads that I live in. And I put in what to do during difficult times, and Jason Redman who is a Navy SEAL, was shot, I think, 11 times Mm -hmm. in Afghanistan, came up, and I watched his TED Talks video. So I came, I told Frankie, uh, because it really made a big difference for me. I really, really impacted me. It was very good. I said, find this guy, Jason Redman. Let's let's DM. Let's get him on the podcast. Finally got him on the podcast. He responded like a month later. Now I'm friends with him. He's doing our conference in two months. Uh, So it's just so interesting where one thing, one little gesture of trying to find something leads to a whole different part of your life. So it's these, man, I was in a tough time. But even that tough time led me to be friends with Jay Redman. Gotcha, yeah. And we're friends. Like, he'll hit me up. He's like, yo, got a, got a few minutes. Can I can I ask you a few questions? I'm like, yeah, dude, what do you got? I got to ask you about this. What are you guys doing for that? And I'm like, dude, anything I can do for you. Send me your shit over. I'd love to help you. So again, it's that back to that excerpt of, you know, what I said earlier about the farmer and the kid who was- Yeah, the perception. Bro- all that shit. So you'd be surprised what comes out of even some of these dark times mm-hmm. and some of the great things that come out of it. So outside of that, the last thing I wanted to say, I appreciate you being here, Doc. Appreciate we'll do it again. Me. This is great. Appreciate and you me. Thank you. Guys, thank you for your continued support. We're getting a lot of great feedback about the podcast here and can't wait to see everybody at the conference coming up. We're 60 days away from it as of today. And you'll get to spend a fuck ton of time with me and everybody else here at the Street Cop Training family and all the keynote speakers. It's going to be a really good time. So we'll see you guys there. Guys, if you're in an area where you're trying to get to our classes, but we're not close to you, fret not. We actually have on-demand training at streetcop.com. You can take that course online right now and then... You could attend that training in the future at no additional cost. You can redeem your voucher. So you get two for the price of one. We don't want to deny you the ability to take this training now, especially knowing that it can keep you safe at a very minimum, putting bad guys in jail where they belong, and at the maximum going home to your family. Check out streetcop.com for that offer.